Oh, look, it's been a bit of an evening. Um, <laughs> so, yes, my wife's computer shitting itself, which she needs for work. Yeah. Uh, the, cat, the cat just pissed on our bed. And, um, and this might be something that we need to discuss in the Dad Pants podcast, but um, my son refused to stop doing Sudoku at the dinner table <laughs> while we're trying to have dinner. <laughs> Cockatoos are scaring my cat. It's always good. Uh, um, yeah, I so I just was like, your, yeah. your your cat's unwell, isn't it? Is it gonna well survive? Or? We don't know. It's, she's seems okay. We just don't know. Cats are fucking weird that way. What I do know is like when your cat gets sick and has like a kidney problem, like ours did, like don't watch your cat for a day to see how they are because there's, there's no routine. <laughs> it's like drives you crazy. All oh, right. Like there's literally yeah. it's no routine. Like, oh, she. I think she's better. Yeah, she's better. And then the other day we're like, oh, she's just been under the bed the whole day and she just yeah. does not look happy, hasn't eaten. But then it was like free, like we, like I showed you, it was like freezing cold. Mm. Someone, someone at school was like, oh, yeah, my cat's doing the same. They've all shed their fur for summer and now it's like eight degrees. <laughs> They're all like got the shits. And I was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, there's a lot of that. Just like, oh, I don't know. She seems fine enough, but yeah, blood test just to see if she's put on the weight and recovered a bit of kidney mm. function in the last three weeks. But she seemed, well, she's not as sick, clearly, as she was. Hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah you'd, you'd almost think that that was a like given death sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it kind of was, it kind of seemed like it for a little while. But um, we, we got, when Jazz put it on Facebook, there were quite a lot of people that were like, oh, yeah, our cat had that and it lived for eight more years. And so it's nice. kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm not, I'm not watching a cat for eight years to see if she's all right. <laughs> but she does seem, she does seem um, just normal, which is mm. you know, weird for a cat. But, yeah, for a minute there I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be fun Yeah, dealing with that. Dealing, I think Justine would take it harder than anyone else. But yeah. Well, as someone with a lot of experience in this, yeah, if you have to bury a pet, yeah, think like think about the future. Think about like if you you excavation. Might, like, <laughs> 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 this might be the first of a few, so yeah, just right. you know plan it out. <laughs> oh dear, like poltergeist where they all come out of the ground, yeah. <laughs> like in the storm. Yeah. Um. So at, at this stage. She looks all right, but that's, you know, when the vet tells you shit like, well, you know, that's the thing with cats. They can act normal and then they can be dead. You're like, yeah, cool. Yes. Thanks, man. They can look normal and they can piss all over your bed. As yeah, well. but why is your cat pissing on your bed? Because uh, it gets terrorised by the other cat right. and it's stressed out. Yeah. But instead of us being angry at the bully, we're angry yeah. at the pisser. Oh, classic. Which, is not, which is not fair. <laughs> but how the world works usually. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, joining me is Stuart Buckland. Hello, Stu. Hello there. Um, now I'm going to just ask you a few. Start off with a few questions about the Beatles because we're talking about the Beatles Get Back that's been on Disney Plus, um, mm-hmm. all eight hours of it. Um, but I just wanted to start off <laughs> by saying, like, what what is your relationship to the Beatles? Very very st- simple question. Feel free to take your time. Uh, well, no time, no time needed. Uh, I, my dad had a few Beatles records and, but they weren't actual records that they put out. They were kind of weird compilation records. So there was one called Beatles Rock and Roll. Oh, I think my dad had that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Which had Twisted Shout and all the kind of early, early thumpers. Yeah. And then. And then there was another one whose name I've completely forgotten that's got some some sort of mystical artwork on it. Oh, Beatles Ballads, it was a oh. thing called, which had all sorts of, yeah, the mystical art on it. And the Beatles were all sitting with a tiger for some reason. Oh, <laughs> right. And the artwork. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I just played those. On, on loops some days, I just 
going through my dad's collection, I, I enjoyed listening to Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac, Jethro Tull, a few other things he had. Yeah. But but the Beatles were the ones that I would go back to most regularly. And then I think getting into later teens and so on and, and working out that, oh, actually, that they weren't real albums. These right. are <laughs> finding out what, what the actual output was and, you know, talking to yourself and maybe a few other people about it and appreciating it. And then, yeah, the, the love grew and grew. So when you were saying you're listening to your dad's albums and Led Zeppelin and Jethro Tull, like what age were you then, do you think? Uh, any, 9, 10, 11. Right, 12. right. That far back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, handy. Because, um, yeah, I think I got into my dad's records probably about 14, 15, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think I only, I think I, oh, yeah, I don't, I can't remember what drove me to do it at, at that age, but um, yeah, maybe you didn't realize I was doing it. Otherwise, seeing a nine year old going through your records and <laughs> bumping, bumping them around and dropping stuff, the I mean, needle on them. Yeah. Yeah. Up, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you're the same age as me. So when CDs came out, like that was an interesting time because, like our par- I, I haven't really thought about it, but our parents must have been like, right, well, now we've got CD players. I'm going to buy all these CDs that are important to me. Yeah. But what my dad ended up buying was the Beatles, the Red and the Blue compilation yeah. albums, um, Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper's, and that might be it. Right. And I think, I think yeah, when CDs came out, my parents got the Blue and the Red as well. And I think I prob- probably thought they were albums as well yeah, until yeah. until finding out after that that they weren't so um look this there's been a lot of trickery for a poor young fellow <laughs> just trying to understand who these people were and what that's, their, that's what their albums sort of were. you're right though that's sort of what i grew up not with just the beatles but he had like the the greatest hits of billy joel they're all compilation albums elton john billy joel yeah. um you know the old the one he was always partial to listen to was Heaven and Hell, which was Meatloaf and Body Tyler, but you know, I was. How was was that, that on was, repeat a bit? Was it? That was a Friday night, Saturday night. It's quite late in the evening. The headphones okay. go on, still really loud. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that. It was just going, how 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 do you hear anything? <laughs> that's, that's right. I'm across the room. I can hear your headphones from here. What is exactly going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, the foot was going and away he went. But, yeah, it was all compilation. So a lot of music I, I found, yeah, getting older and, and going back and listening, like, oh, the albums, right. There's all this whole world of other songs yeah. that is never encountered. No, and, and obviously, you know, hearing them in the correct way that the Beatles wanted them presented. Yeah made you know gave them a whole new bit of magic and life really yeah exactly right now was there <laughs> was there one album in particular that that hooked you like when you started finding the albums or, or... uh yeah i think probably abbey road and then yeah. working backwards hmm. so i probably listened to abbey road first yeah and then probably white album and sergeant pepper and then yeah, probably worked backwards bizarrely, but uh, yeah. You sort of jump around. Yeah, I, I remember, yeah, Sergeant Pepper's and Abbey Road, like I said, they were the, the only albums I think that he had. And I listened to them a lot, but it wasn't until I bought the White Album myself, uh, I want to say I was 16, I think, um, where I was like, yep, all right, now I'm in, hooked in now. And, and I remember coming to your house once. And I think it's the first time that I'd ever done this with a friend where I turned up and you just said, right, let's just sit down and listen to this. Oh, really? Just, oh, that's yeah. awesome. And we just sat and listened to it. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'd just sat and listened to an album with anyone else before. Oh. So it was nice. It was just going, yeah, we listened pretty much, uh, pretty, at least to the full first side, probably yeah. half second side. Yeah, right. Which is probably how most people listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does peter off in that uh, what would be the fourth side of the records, but yeah, the yeah. second 
half of the second CD. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, what about for you? Because I, I was trying to explain this to uh, Noel, who likes the Beatles and or at least humors me into listening to my stories. Mm. Um, but I, I tried to tell her like how lucky we were to get into the Beatles or, or like the start of 94 or 95 or whatever it was, or like start to really listen to it. And then yeah. like it to be announced that there was anthology coming. Yes. Do you, yeah. do you remember watching that at the time or? I don't, I probably not because it was 94. Yeah, 94 or 95, I think. Yeah, probably maybe 95, 96. Um, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do remember being very excited about that. And mm. also, yeah, just um, the, the, the idea that we, were, that, that we could hear is a bit of studio banter. Yeah. You know, just that was really, that was really exciting. Because I didn't, it wasn't. I didn't realize that you'd we'd get that, and yeah, that was really exciting. Well, there was so much to it. All the live performance, especially when they're in America, because it's all kept. So much of the BBC yeah. stuff got taped over. Because why would you keep it? Yeah, um, they needed to save money, so they just keep recording over the same tape. Yeah. Um, but just having, yeah, just so much of like their live and seeing. Oh, okay, that's this is what you only heard or read about was how well they perform live. Um, mm. But it was also, and I don't know if you're the same as me, but there was quite a lot because I, I didn't have all the albums until I turned 21. I got that big bread box for my 21st birthday. Did you get the same? Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Which and- um, was all the albums and then uh, two CDs of the singles. Right? That's right. Yeah. The, what do they call past masters? Past um, masters yeah. So yeah, we, until I'd got all of those, I'd I'd listened to anth- the anthologies. I had all three of the double CD. So for me, there's a lot of like, especially in Let It Be, and I find like we, we'll get to get back, but I find Let It Be a lot of the versions of the songs that I found were from the offcuts, like the re- mm. recordings that aren't on the albums, which is odd now. Even now, I think it still sort of colours my interpretation or how I understand the album. Is that the same with yeah. you? Oh, a- a- absolutely. It was, it was a bizarre album. Uh, like it came out after Abbey Road yeah, for a start. And it came out because John Lennon, like without Paul knowing, took the stuff, like a lot of the songs and to Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah. And said, and, yeah, can um, you make stuff with this? Yeah, yeah. Which um, then led Paul to be very upset and along with the Alan Klein stuff and the general you know, growing apart stuff, um, Paul said, well, I'll put my album out first. And and, and obviously he was seen as the um, <laughs> as the, the bad guy who yeah. was trying to put his material out first. But I don't think many people know that john <laughs> was doing stuff behind paul's back yeah that seemed to be like with the, the let it be album with so. the, yeah the let it be album it's weird watching the watching get back and seeing them making the album and just it seems all fairly good and positive much more than we expected and then to realize that oh yeah they did all that and then what did they do with it nothing <laughs> they went and made another album yeah. With yeah. none of those songs, that's what I I can never quite understand. Was they were they always going to use those songs in an album? Um, because they make Abbey Road yeah. and they don't go. Oh, we'll use those songs that we like. Uh, that confuses me even I, to this I, I day. Think, of- yeah, I think the only two options really are that they went. Well, we'll shelve those for now. We'll try and think of something to do with it later. Mm. Or they disliked the whole thing so much they just wanted to go forget all that. Yeah. Let's start again. Yeah. I guess they were there was still the idea of it being a film, I guess, was still they yeah. filmed or anyway, we'll get to that in a second with like just how much footage they had. They were like they didn't just go, oh well, who cares? We'll just dump it. Some of them may mm. have. Um, all right. Well, before we get to get back, I'm gonna annoy you by just saying, Well, what are your top four Beatles albums? Albums. Yeah. 
Um, I understand that this might change day to day and you off the top of your no, head. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, Abbey Road. <laughs> I, why didn't I? Why didn't I see this question coming? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> put some thought into it. Uh, Abbey I've Road. actually written down favorite four albums. Go. That's what I've written. Yeah, right. I know it's a painful. Like, oh yeah, I know. Oh, it's easy. And then you stop. And you're like, oh. so it's Abbey Road, Revolver, White Album, and Sergeant Pepper in fourth. With Rubber Soul sometimes kicking. Sergeant Pepper out of fourth. Right. I think maybe Sergeant Pepper is, I, I listen to it too much. Yeah. Um, but also, like, individually, yeah. Quite a few of the songs aren't that great. Yeah, I would agree uh, with that. Um, and, and maybe, maybe Rubber Soul would have that fourth place, but run for your life. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. It's just really awful song. song. Yeah, and I was surprised to see that, see like a nice slow romantic version of that song in Get Back. In Get Back, that's well. right. That's that was a, a a very jolly thing, wasn't it? To see them play some of their old songs in different styles. But yeah, that yeah. song, come on. Sh- yeah, surely even at the time. And and yeah, I mean, this is probably another podcast altogether. Yeah, but um talking about the Beatles and love for the Beatles and so on, there is a little bit of, you know, a bit of a complication with it all really knowing that John was the way he was. Yeah. In early years. Pretty horrible uh, man, <laughs> really. Yes. Like yeah. generally unpleasant yeah. and. Uh, yes. And, and, you know, domestic abusive. violence. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think unfortunately, yeah, that, is something that you know you can't just ignore <laughs> when no. you're thinking about all this sort of stuff, and you know it's a you you wonder whether it's not because he changed, but you know LSD just kind of dulled his personality a little. Yeah, to the, the point. The drug certainly uh, yeah. did some dulling, didn't it? Okay, so yeah. all right, so that's your top four. I'm going to track those and and see how we go through this uh, series of a few interviews. Now, yeah. I wanted to get in to get back. You know, it's eight hours long um, and I can't cover all of it, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask you a question um, just in the discussions we've had online in chats here and there um, about if you were in the, if you were one of the members of the Beatles, how annoyed would you have been by Paul McCartney during the process? Completely. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, one of my notes, which I wrote down while watching it, was how how did George do it? That's yeah. all. That's all I've got here. Right. Um. Uh. The just. I think clearly it's been done. He's been doing it a while. Yeah. Um. And I think with probably the fading of John's bullying alphaness. Yeah. Paul's probably henpecking teacher character was rising at the same time, it would seem, because, you know, they didn't have uh, somebody in that authority figure space like Brian Epstein to kind of make fun of behind their back and right. all that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And, and I just, um, I'm upset. Uh, one of the other notes I've got here is Paul just let them play. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even give them a chance to work it out before telling them exactly how to do it. Um, you know, for, for people who are not only obviously skilled musicians who you've been playing with for years, but also your friends, like give give them five minutes. <laughs> Of listening to it to have a play around and see what they come up with before you tell them. Actually, I was thinking this note, then this note, then this note, yeah, then exactly like this. You know, oh. play it exactly like that. Is it I, I, interesting? You were saying about um, that John's alphaness drops away and Paul's yes, instructed all the instruction that he has to give and 
being in charge sort of comes to the fore. I think what I realised watching, especially that that first episode where they're in um, Twickenham Studio and it's just shiteful and horrible yeah. and it's empty and yeah. cavernous, is that Paul's like trying to lead the group, but he's not the leader of the group. Like that's yeah. it's clearly John, right? John's clearly the when he was with it was the sort of the alpha of the group and but he's not doing it anymore but paul's like all right well now i'm going to take over and he the alpha doesn't care the alpha's kind of the alpha's kind of trotting in treating it like a day job yeah and it's weird because like paul is still like deferential to john i mean they're equals when they're musically but you can tell paul still looks up to john so even when like when John's like completely out of it for especially in Twickenham, he's just hardly yep. engaged, and mm. he's 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 like you said, henpecking George the whole time about play like this, play like this, play like this, and he's like talking to John, and he's like, so um, uh, well, are you gonna write like any? Yeah, are you songs? gonna write anything, like, mate? Yeah, like mate. it's like what, cajoling what in a in a friendly way and. <laughs> But he's like, yeah. George, you got to do it. Like, it's it's so interesting to see that dynamic of just... And I remember in the in the anthology, it's, you know, a clip I've watched uh, recently as well, was just like George saying, like, oh, you know, like I, I think they were interviewing George and Paul together and George says something like, you know, like I'm, I uh, joined their band and Paul said, yeah, he's like, he was like two years younger than us or something like that. And George is like, yeah, I'm still two years younger than you, and uh, you never let me forget that. Like it's just <laughs> like you can tell he's just that. Yeah, yeah. That was his role. Was like, all right, John's first, then it's me, yeah. then I'm gonna pick on you. It's like when the bully's not yeah. at school, the next person down doesn't go. Oh, everyone, relax. No bullying today. The second in charge goes right. I'm gonna bully. I'm gonna kick down, and then you've got Ringo yeah. just sitting over in the corner. Uh, like, yeah, who's so like content to be there and happy go lucky that he doesn't give a shit. It yes. doesn't matter. <laughs> no. And from what you can gather, he just, hey Ringo, do this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Like this yeah. that's what watching it all that time at at the end, I was like, did anyone say to Ringo, uh no, don't do it like that. Do it like this no. or Try this. It's just. He I think this, I caught him looking annoyed for a split second once. Yeah. I think. <laughs> right. You know what? I have to go. I'll go back and I'll, obviously we'll watch it again and again. But I, I, I will certainly go back and pay more attention to what Ringo's doing. But a lot of time he's yeah. just staring into the middle distance. Yeah, but you're right about that pecking order, though. Like Paul's looking at John, going, "So what do you got? You got any? You gonna write anything else?" Meanwhile. George is sitting George. there. He's got. He's I got three albums. <laughs> All things must pass. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Old brown shoe. Yeah, I'm and, in mine, and yeah, I mean, well, what are we going to go with? Oh, let's go with two of us. Yeah. Again, yeah. let's do and that dig again. Dig a pony. Yeah. Both. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, oh yeah, that song's good. Old brown shoe sounds good, but I'm gonna, here's Teddy Boy. I'm going to play that <laughs> again. It's terrible. <laughs> it's never going to be on an album. Like yeah. it's oh my god, just the. But how can George like yeah? That you you are pretty set in your hierarchy. Yeah. If you've got George playing something, and all things must pass at you. Yeah. And that fucking nonsense of John's digger pony. Yeah. <laughs> gets all the love and attention, and on the album. Yeah, yeah, and it's even like when when George is tinkering around, especially with something, he's playing, and yeah. you're like. Like I know we know this is a great song and you're but you're only just hearing it. But yeah. surely you know, surely you know listening to what he's tinkering with that that sounds pretty good. But they kind and of then, go, that sounds pretty good. Anyway, back yeah, to Digger anyway. Pony. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, where were we with our stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let me just play Let It Be again. And yeah. Again and again. Oh uh, like yeah. that. That last section where they're just playing Let It Be. Over and over and over again. <laughs> and they're like, we got it. Yep. Good. We'll do it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> We've got it now. We might as well just do it again. And you're like, oh. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And even- and that's the that's the thing because he like obviously they just spent the last two years doing all their studio based hmm. uh, tricky edits and special effects and all this sort of stuff, and then to force themselves into this situation where they had to do no edits, everything had to be live, which meant take after take after take, like. What they they must have realized on the first day that they were kidding themselves, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the the bit that like was the head slap, like for, forward slap for me, was they get to Twickenham Studios and they start playing, like just tinkering around, whatever, just having a little jam. It might even be only George and Paul, uh, George and John and Ringo, maybe. And they're just like playing whatever, whatever. And they stop and they're like, doesn't, doesn't sound great in here. Mm, you're like, yeah. that should have been it. They should have been like, yes. all right, we're not, we're not, no. Nah. Like, they're or a band. Potentially, potentially tested before the cameras were rolling. That's right. But to just sit there, like, surely the director at that moment was like, oh, we're fucked. Like, <laughs> like literally, it was like the first thing, 40 seconds, sounds yeah. crap. Well, who wants to play if you're if you're the Beatles, you're gonna record you record in a in a huge cavernous space that sounds terrible, just yeah. so you can have cool lighting behind them. <laughs> like it's the yeah. the the director's pretty great, like oh. some of the spinal tap-esque moments that come out oh. of that. Oh, I I there was the one where I had to pause and stop <laughs> and and just like, try did, and was that out- written, you mean? Yeah, yeah. When right. he said, "Well, they were trying to figure out where to do the concert." Yeah, and he said, "What? Why don't you do it in a uh, hospital for sick children?" And then there was a beat, and he said, "You know, not like really sick children, just kids with broken legs." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, can we do it in an orphanage? We'll do it in an orphanage, but not. They won't be sad, you know. It'll make them happy. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! But he was yeah. just like, you know, we'll go to. Where was it? Was it Syria? Tunisia. Tunisia, and we'll film this a great backdrop and the lights and all that. And you're like, yep, cool. Yeah. He had the vision. These, yeah. These are all millionaires. Yeah. Very rich people who have yeah. given themselves a very silly project they're now regretting. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. <laughs> no, no prior meeting, clearly. Yes. No yeah, prior yeah. meeting of like, what are we going to do? What's the process? okay, end result is this, because they get in and they're like, so what, what are we doing? Or they've had a meeting or Paul's had a meeting and none of the others were there. And they're all like, so what? What's, what we're going to perform live? Where? Oh, I don't know. Mm. Don't know yet. Yeah. He's saying Tunisia. I don't want to go to Tunisia. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, hmm. Well, like it's unreal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Like, they all, all, like it's, it's like they all just said, meet here on this day and we'll decide what we're doing after that. Yeah, and they're like, but all right, um, we'll meet January, start of January. By the end of January, we'll have an album and a film done. And yeah. then, cool. And they turn up. And then, like, cool, take some more drugs, John, and just keep out in the corner. <laughs> just going back to Paulo, like, it, it's, I, I, I can't quite marry up how someone so talented and gifted yeah. can also be so robotically mechanical about right. it all yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. obviously we're not musicians so we don't really know what it's like but it's just i i can't see how how you're doing it marries up with your obvious talent <laughs> obviously it worked for you yeah. but um but the thing is also like he doesn't learn any lessons like, no. <laughs> none of them do though you when you think about it again though we should always remember that they're like 28 years old. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not even, t- I'm talking about like into the 70s when right, he's in right. wing- wings and stuff. And he's got this facade of having this band and everyone's like, he's just, he's just one of a band and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And then, and he kept pissing people off in there until they left as well. Like it's just <laughs> like he doesn't, nothing changes. Yeah, he's not really sense. been in a band since even remotely yeah. and that's one of the things when, when you look at like the Beatles post Beatles is 
how many of them how like george produced albums and ringo plays drums on so many songs even john like worked with artists worked pretty closely with bowie for a while there like there's yeah. not many stories of paul like he went and produced this album for this person or he always collaborates with this person and production yeah. it's just all like you're right though and you wonder that the the band works because you've got his such uptightness but uptightness. why did he need the facade of being what just one of a band why why couldn't he just be paul mccartney with this bunch of touring people <laughs> you know like i don't understand why he needed that anyway i think i think I don't know what it was in the Beatles, but I think what you alluded to before was like when the Beatles broke up and he was kind of portrayed as the bad guy Yeah. in the breakup because he put his album out. He announces to the press that he's leaving the Beatles, which is a dick move, really. You've got to all do it together. That made no sense at the time. Um, well, it made, made sense. Like he was I, pretty angry, yeah. but... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll disagree with that. I think if you... if if you'd made an album with your band. Yeah. You'd left it, put it on the shelf, and then you found out that someone had grabbed it and just started getting it ready to be released without even talking to you about it. Yeah. And, and had someone else, like, changing your songs. Yeah. Then I, yeah, I don't really blame him for anything really at that point. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's fair enough, but it's it's that... I think that was the thing was he got portrayed as the bad guy. And I, and I think yeah. it, it happens in media anyway, is that people, you know, people break up and they try and work out who the winner is, not even in relationships, but even professional relationships. Who's the winner? Who's the loser? Who do yeah. we support? Who do we not? And it seemed like John went out of his way all through the seventies, basically to talk about what a dick McCartney was and, how the Beatles weren't that important, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and so Paul went the other way of like, oh, no, I'm not ego, I'm not an egomaniac like John keeps talking about. And, you know, he writes, how do you sleep at night and just yeah. rips him the shreds. And so he has to go the other way and go, no, no, I am. I just want to be in a band. I, I like being yeah. in a band. And yeah. that's all that it's, it's all it's ever been for me. And then that makes sense, I guess. Does the same kind of thing. I know we're all speculating <laughs> on on someone's life, but on, but it's, on the psychological makeup, sure. But yeah, and we haven't learned anything really because one of the questions I wanted to ask you was like, what changed from watching the the eight hour documentary? What changed in your understanding of the Beatles, particularly this era? Did anything change for you? Did you understand? Do you understand? Oh, heaps. Con yeah. So yeah, what? Con context is everything. Yeah. Like it's it's all that stuff that we saw, we've only ever seen before, cut up in documentaries or the Let It Be film or just in in various different ways. The very famous Paul and George argument. Yeah. Well, we, we there was no context to that before. Yeah, the, you at, play, le at least play I, what you want me to play, yeah. or I won't play. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if at least I hadn't seen it, so no. to me, like it, it's like a whole different thing, and is actually understandable now. Yeah. Um, the just the the degree to which, like my, I thought that John would just come in sometimes smacked up and not contribute much. Yeah, but he's it's it was more than that. He's like his whole attitude seems to be, um, wandering in to do like a shift, a nine to punching a clock and coming in and doing it. And yeah, I'll have a bit of fun while I'm doing it. But he he seems to be there as a job rather than because he's a member of a creative force. If if that makes sense. Yeah, it's only really right towards the end, I guess, when they're preparing to go perform on the roof because that's yeah. that was the the thing right you watch eight hours of john just faffing about and you know being present when he needs to be and and then those few moments of like where they connect and they write the song and they find that harmony that there's that bit where they're singing two of us and they find the right yeah. harmony and they look at each other yeah. and you're like jesus mm -hmm. how many times did they do that like yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable that they're like yep got it um but it wasn't until they then they go on the roof that you're like, oh yeah, he's a John Lennon's a rock star. But he, yeah, everyone else you can see it there. He has none of it, 
until and also, he's just dicking around yeah. basically. And then he gets on the roof and you're like, right, right, yes. That's Joe. And, and the concert uh, I see in a whole different light because everything you hear about that time is everyone was negative, no one wanted to be there. Yeah. And then you can see that there's that real enjoyment there. Yeah. Because because of various bits and bobs you've seen in the build up to that. Um also, yeah, I I legitimately thought there was more of a police action to, you know, grab their instruments off them and bring them down off the roof. Instead, right. instead there's just a lot of polite standing around. Yeah, it's classic, you know? <laughs> classic police like, oh, we don't if we go in and billy club them then no one's gonna like us very much for yeah. doing that that's gonna be a world no. incident so uh and yeah side, sideways looks at the cameras going yeah oh, so let's send send this dude who looks about 20 you go and find out what's going on and put a stop to it it's just important question hmm. why did they have those straps that didn't even reach yeah, down to know. their chin I don't, I don't understand that that looks like really uncomfortable but it must have a purpose Otherwise, you, they're just—it's deliberately making them look ridiculous. I, I would imagine if you had a strap under your chin and someone tries to reef your helmet off, yeah, that's going to cause more damage. But that is so don't complete, have, so don't have a strap. I I don't. That's off the top of my head. I have no. I had the same exact same thought of like, what is going on with the stupid strap? See the way they wear it. If someone were to clock them, the strap yeah. would come up and and reef their nose. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, this is to be researched immediately after this yeah. recording. I'm going to oh, find sure. out because it, it, yeah, that was very. It's so weird and strangely off-putting, right? So we, oh, we feel like yeah. you're like it's not on right. Can you do? He, can you do it up, please? How could? But the this is an authority figure. Yeah, and they've got this weird bit of dangly stuff down in front of their mouth. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh. I, I'm I'm glad that uh, Ringo's Carolina song was given the respect it deserved. <laughs> yeah, there was the, there was a few moments. Possibly there. the worst thing that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yep, yep. That's that was a um, nice uh, treasure trove of. Well, yeah, let's be polite. Yeah. And I I didn't know, and I'm very very thankful for this scene. Yeah, I didn't know that Peter Sellers dropped in. <laughs> While they were filming. That was very unusual. As of all the things Peter Jackson did and yep. obviously designed in certain ways, I was the if same. You, I was like, what? Why is it? Was this if just you just like awkward comedy, <laughs> if you like The Office and uh, so on, you will not get better awkwardness than a random Peter Sellers drop in to a cranky Beatles filming session and everyone has to sit around yeah look like things are fun yeah and they was, feel they feel yeah film it all of just yeah. oh yeah yeah who's more awkward and, maybe that yeah. was the game who's the most yeah. awkward in this situation well peter sellers clearly and rightfully yeah had no idea what was going on someone <laughs> must have just grabbed him because they were doing the magic. Yeah, Christian. the magic Christian. He might have gone and go and see Ringo. He's in yeah. there. You're going to be acting with him. Go oh, and okay. Ringo. And then film me film. Everyone's sitting around. Oh, go and sit with him for a second. Yeah, we'll you go know. and film it. You'll be great. You're a you're a master of improv. <laughs> this will be amazing. You're a comic genius. Famously <laughs> effervescent person on and off the screen, aren't you? And oh, he goes in. Yeah. He sits there. He says, "So, what are we doing? What, what's happening here? What are we doing?" Yeah, and then. There's, not, there's a few weird rando comments from John Lennon and awkward smiles and pauses, and then he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> All right, thanks, Peter Thank Sellers. You. Famous nice to, Peter Sellers. Nice to see you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. That, was that just Peter Jackson? Just like I want to put this awkward moment of Peter Sellers in well, here. Could if so, been. he's a genius. If <laughs> so, Bravo. I, I getting back to like what it changes is it's very clear. Like Peter Jackson was like this. He's a big fan, obviously. Um, but he, you know, that was his goal was to be like, hey, everyone thinks this session, this whole thing was a complete bummer and everyone hated each other and the band was falling apart. Um, but then you watch it and you're like, it's just, you can see that it's going to fall apart, but it's not falling apart yet. Like, 
the, and, and what's that down to? That's just down to how tight their bonds are, right? I yeah, guess. and it's down to the fact that, you know, they, they just, this isn't what they need anymore. Like, it's not mm. the driving force. And they've created this, like, the biggest band in the world. And mm. it doesn't serve them as they're just all they're doing is in the recording studio doing the same thing over and over. They're not touring. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can't. And, and Paul, but and Paul carrying on like that's crap and boring, and they shouldn't be doing that. And John just kind of staring at him. Yeah, like they've made some of the most amazing music known <laughs> to humankind over the last few years. Yeah, and all of a sudden that's shit. Yeah, <laughs> to be doing yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. Like, uh, but it's just a, it's like you said, it's a job, and the, and maybe I don't know how they recorded Abbey Road, but the fact that it was like a night, a literal wasn't nine to five, but more like a eleven to seven, it seemed to be, like scheduled days, Monday to Friday, weekends off. Yeah, that, the, all you're doing is creating that. It's a job. Yeah. I mean, I don't, again, I'm not sure if Abbey Road, if they're a bit freer with the time. Um, I guess because well, they weren't I don't even all filming it that. together. Yeah, I think it's just that, uh, and you hear them talking about it during these the film, yeah. is that I think they'd all realise that, you know, maybe we can go off and do our own stuff yeah. and still be a Beatle. Yeah. So uh, John had already done it with uh, a, a concert and George was kind of flirting with doing it and yeah. so on. So I think they came to the realisation that, you know, we're not stuck in this thing yeah and then it made actually getting together and making music cool and okay because they could do other stuff if they wanted to it was interesting whereas i don't think they had that mindset before no and i think it was interesting interesting to see you know when they went into the apple studio and they started it got a bit looser and george you know talking about how his fingers are just starting to work again but even all of that realization and I think it's George who says, like, you know, like I've got all these songs. What, what can? I, why don't I just release a solo album and then we'll come yeah. back and do the Beatles? Once they start even having those thoughts, and you can see them, like, oh, oh, like that's a good idea. What's oh, like a great realize, <laughs> an epiphany of like, and then they can go and play the music that they actually want to play. Yeah. Um, and the they, enjoy the way it. they want to play the it. way they want to play, it, and they go and play on the roof, and you can just see it. Like that's yeah. that's the best thing about it is like, like they did that and then they they didn't do it again. Like they didn't mm. go, oh, that was great playing live, yeah. even though we're on a roof. <laughs> Could we play again? Like in a like it's I don't understand. I, there's a lot I didn't understand, but I, what I I think maybe maybe the re, or or maybe not a conscious realization, but the feeling that it was probably the last time they would do it. Yeah. might have been what made it so enjoyable though you know what i mean yeah yeah no that's true that's true and they they seem to have paul especially seemed to have this eerie sort of pre- way to predict the future of you know what could happen and and their legacy he i think he always had his eye on that more than the others it seems even in mm-hmm. in the documentary he does bring it up quite a lot about yeah. what people will say about them in 50 years time or what people will think of them and um yeah but to to just I don't know, to go and play on a roof and be like, that was pretty great. And then, all right, see you later. <laughs> and yeah. Come back and then make Abbey Road, as you said, was like your favourite album. Yeah. And even, and they've all said, like, they didn't think that was the last album. It's easy to go, oh, you know, it's so good because they knew it was the last album and the last yeah, song I don't is th- the I don't end. Believe and, that. No, and the last song's the end, so it fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, um, but according to them, no, they didn't think that was the last album. So it's it's a it's a, a weird story. But it's it was yeah. nice to see again that it was more positive. Peter Jackson yes. obviously went out of his way, obviously with Yoko Ono as a producer, to not show too much of Yoko being annoying to everyone else. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah, which yeah. is fine. And again, like the the footage of her just sitting there, she's there all the time. Yeah. I mean, eight hours is a long time to watch people. It didn't seem like that big a deal. No. Um, it, well, it, and that's the other thing, I think. You always hear, oh, but Yoko was in the room. Yoko was there. Yeah. Yeah, so so were a dozen other people milling yeah. around. Like, what about those so- two, like, guru, the two, 
the two Hare Krishnas, day one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who was that? Oh, it's George. George bought a Hare Krishna. Oh, yeah. oh look, there's two of them. Oh, yeah. yeah, so there is. Like, that was like, oh, all of this stuff, like for 50 years, you've been told, yeah, Yoko was always by John's side and it drove the others crazy and they couldn't yeah. do what they wanted to do. And and then yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, it's just filled with people all, all day, every day. People bring them toast and people bring yeah. them tea and just having a chat and distracting them with whatever and probably talking to them about what they're doing that night and what they're doing on the weekend. Like, yeah, you just hear all that stuff and then you watch it and you're like, she is there, but she's not getting in the way. She no. And what surprised me, and I don't know why I'd never considered it, she seems to enjoy the music. And for some reason, that's never ever mentioned in, in the histories no. of the Beatles. Is like, Yoko was there because, enjoying the music. Yeah, because she either screams or yes. that's it. The journey yeah. like screaming music, apparently. Um, but it wasn't, there wasn't any like, she didn't say, George, I don't like what you're doing on the guitar. Oh, there. No. Could you do that? Imagine that. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, or telling Paul more more to the point. That'd yeah, that's good. right. <laughs> Tell Paul. Um, so, something else that I, I saw in a new light, but didn't made things murkier rather than clearer was when George walks out. Yeah. I'd always assumed it was straight after that Paul argument. Right. But it wasn't. It was no. just a random point. They're going through their motions and he just puts his guitar down and goes, no. Nah. Yeah, I'm done <laughs> I'm with this. I, I I found that so confusing. Do you, did I miss something first time around or or is that kind of how you saw it? There, there, there wasn't a, a one thing that happened. He just kind of went, nah. no. <laughs> I think that was that was the really good thing as well it, it sort of explains them breaking up it's not one event it's not one thing yeah that someone did or said and then they were like right it's over it's like a marriage like they're so they're so like a family you know that's the other thing you can just see it like we've got the yeah. shits with each other but they're british so they won't say it to each other's face like paul needed to say to john can you pull your fucking head together yeah. And are we making an album or not? Because if you don't want to do it, there's no Beatles. So let's just stop it. But he was always like, well, what do you think? And oh, yeah, like it's just the, that nature. They never tell each other what they feel in this family. No. And they just like get to the point. It's like Christmas lunch where someone just goes, slams their knife and fork down and leaves. And you're like, what, what happened? What happened there? And it's like a build-up of like eight thousand things over ten years, and that's what happens. That's how people break up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was no like moment. He just was like, "Yeah, man, I'm over it." Goes home, yeah. writes in his diary, left the Beatles. Yeah. See you around. Uh, see you in the clubs or whatever. Like it's just see see you in the clubs. What a great line. Yeah. Just so <laughs> to, to millionaires who never leave their houses or yeah, <laughs> probably. And according, uh, quite clearly, George trying to save every penny. I love it. Yeah, yes. One of my favorite things <laughs> watching rich people be like, well, what can we? Billy, when yeah, Billy Preston turns miserly. up, and he's like, yeah. He's gone, how much are we going to have to pay him? Can we pay him a session rate? Or, like, Jesus, <laughs> okay. He's going to be on your yeah. album forever. Like, pay the man yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's all that good stuff. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up. There's obviously hours and hours of more conversation yeah. we can have. Can I, can I can I just say a couple of things that yeah. I just just quickly absolutely the, mic, the microphone in the pot plant yeah I don't know how I feel about that not too I great. know I know it's a really fascinating moment it's yeah it's so dramatic and interesting to hear them especially John not be on camera and not yeah. be performing yes. To, yes to hear how they actually talk to each other as yeah. equals right like. Yes. And even John saying like, and again, it's couching their words. They're like a family where they're like, yeah, I know you treat me, treat George like shit. Sometimes you mm. treat me like shit, but yes. you treat me like shit, but I don't say anything. And I should say that you treat him like, like all of that stuff coming through. Yeah. But then again, you're like, should I be listening? I don't feel like I should be listening to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I felt that too, but you're right. I mean, the ickiness of it aside, it was nice to see John not be performative. Yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. conversation, and that's where I, that's um, where I was like, oh yeah, he's still the leader. Paul still needs him. Yes, to lead the band, and he's not doing it. Yeah, 
And like uh, Glyn Johns has scary but enthralling eyes. He does. I loved I it when he was like bagging out Alan <laughs> Klein. That was great. Yes. John's yeah, like, yeah. oh, he's great, great. Oh, yeah, he is good. He is good. I found him a bit weird. weird. Do you find him weird? He's weird, isn't he? Weird guy. Yeah. Weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The 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 joy mm-hmm. of John and George when Paul's out of tune and gets called out for it. <laughs> yep. Yep. The un, unadulterated joy. Yeah, that's when high school. It's like when they're, yeah. <laughs> they're like in high school. Ah, oh, you got in trouble. Did not shut up like that kind of thing. It's great. And then finally. And most importantly, uh, Ringo just turning to the person next to him and says, I've farted. <laughs> I just thought you should know. Before it gets to you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what a legend. I think, yeah, yeah the, the, the bit, and I'm sure in other episodes that I'll talk about, you know, when he, when Paul finds Get Back um, yep. on, on the base and how quickly Ringo gets into it and how quickly... They sort of make it. The, the thing I like about it is George recognizing it's good before there's even anything there. You know, yes. he's sort of yeah, doodling yeah, yeah. and he's doodling. He's got his guitar and you can see him watching yeah, all of a sudden. Absolutely. He like looks at Paul, watches yeah. his hands and he's like. Locks in. Yeah. And he said something like that's that's good musically. Like he just knows whatever that is, it's nothing. That's good. And then, yeah, that was incredible that was amazing that was like a bad movie i felt <laughs> like a bad biopic where someone's like oh someone someone walks past you on the street and says oh you know you're your long-haired lunatic get back and then you're like get yeah. back <laughs> and then next scene they're on like playing it on the piano and the next scene he's playing it on the guitar and then there's the song mm. um but just to just sit there and find it uh, justine was uh, in the kitchen when when i was watching that bit and even before he got to the actual bit she was just like, oh, get back. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't know that yet. Yeah, he this doesn't so know. So amazing. Yeah. So amazing yes. to go. There's so many times where they throw out a lyric or they play a little tune when they're just trying to work it out. And you're like, that's going to be in your song forever. And you don't know. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the ones where he genuinely came up with it in the studio on the spot. Yeah. I think there are times when he's really worked on something Yes. Brings it in and just starts pretending that he's doodling it. Yeah, or says, I've just got this little thing. Yeah, little yeah. Bit. Whereas I, that, you could, yeah, as you say, you could tell just from the reactions that it was happening right there and then. Yeah. I, I, I always, Dana Carvey does it excellent, Paul McCartney, but he does his, my, the, my, the favourite thing he does is like how Paul always downplays things. Like, you know, we were writing a song like, do, 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 she loves you, man. Do, 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 do. We're just yeah. coming up with, like, he just always downplays it. So that is no <laughs> surprise that he would go, that, this song's amazing. I'm just going to go in and, but maybe if he went in the past, if he went in and said, I've wrote this really good song, John would be like, ah, fuck off, Paul. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> he suck. Like that kind of thing. It's amazing. <laughs> the dynamics are great. Anyway, we could, like I said, we could go on and on. And yeah. We will. All right, well, thanks, Stu. If if you do happen to do one of these with Ben, please apologize to him that I've already talked about Ringo farting. So that's <laughs> potentially off the table. I won't mention it, and hopefully he brings it up himself. <laughs> and I might start with, "What was your favorite bit?" And you'll say that, <laughs> and then then it'll be great. <laughs> um, thank you, Matt. That was awesome, man. very enjoyable. Yeah, thank you.